1: Hello and welcome back to Ramsort Podcast. We're here today after a pretty eventful game against Burton Albion. Uh, It was coined the A38 Derby. I don't know how much I like that, but we've called it that all the same. Uh, A 3-2 win at home, which I think we we very much needed, especially when it was at 2-2. Joining me today, I've got the man with the worst moustache in Derby,
2: uh, Adam (laughs) Titley. How are you, mate? The best moustache, I think. Uh, no, no, I'm good, mate. I'm good, mate. Better after that win, to be honest. Point off top. What more can you ask for?
1: Exactly, and, and we'll definitely get on to that. I'd just like to say there's a few people that have come to me and said he needs to shave that off. Um, people <laughs> I don't even know have come to me at the ground and said he needs to shave it off, which is quite funny. Uh, we're also joined by Callum Bukok How are you, Cal?
3: Yeah, I'm all good. Recovered from the frostbite from last night. So I said that was probably the, one of the coldest games I've been at in a long while. <laughs> you definitely were at Bradford. Bradford was
1: a yeah. lot <laughs> times worse, trust me. Uh,
4: and last but certainly not least, we've got Vic Singh. How are you, Vic? Good evening, guys. How are you doing? Got three points, so can't complain, can I?
1: No, no, you certainly can't complain. Uh, although we might do a little bit of that uh, in this episode because, as Jim Johnson said in the comments, he's got no fingernails left. Uh, I certainly didn't after that. I mean, Adam, first thing we've got to talk about um, Derby early on completely controlled the game, uh, threw it away in the second half in typical Derby at home in 2024 fashion. And then last minute, Conor Horahan, who else, pops up edge of the box with a, a lovely half volley into the bottom corner. I mean, from an emotions perspective, how are you feeling?
2: Well, it's brilliant, isn't it? I think one thing is I think we've all been waiting for Conor Horahan to pop up with one of their moments. I think after all the goal compilations we've been watching of him <laughs> at Aston Villa or Barnes, we've been waiting for that moment from him. Um, And he's duly delivered. But yeah, what a time to win a game. It's always good at the end of the match, isn't it? We've been treated to it, um, obviously, away at Oxford and now, um, now at home at Pride Park against Burton Albion. So, yeah, a great way to win the match in the end, I think.
1: Yeah, it certainly was. It certainly was. And, and Cal, I mean, I don't know about you. I kind of felt like when they equalised, uh, I felt in a depressing way, all hope was lost because we looked completely out of it. Uh, we created a few chances, but they looked somehow like the team that was better to score. I thought they were really poor, but um, they did really well to get back into the game. But to score in the last minute with the way that we scored, you could see what it meant to all the players. We talked a little bit before recording about... Um, how it means you know when you when you win 3-0 it's great but to come maybe come back from a little bit of adversity
3: like that it, it must be a real boost to the players mustn't it oh massive i think um we, uh, we needed uh a, another result like that after last week's cup performance um where probably they, they felt a bit dejected um losing to a, a lower half hour position and, and you kind of go look at it and go when the fan base as we are rather screaming out for consistent performances and we haven't got it it just puts to bed that right ill feeling when you're leaving the grounds, when you're going away from a 3-2 win last minute you kind of um everything that the last 90 minutes kind of goes to the back of your head until you probably wake up the next morning and go well, that was a <laughs> bank average performance, <laughs> um, but on the night you li- you leave the ground and you're happy. So, so no, I think that for the the players, um, yeah, a win's a win. We, as Adam says, we're we're joint uh, second now, obviously third in the table, but we're we're now looking up uh, with only one or two teams above us with one or two points above us, mm-hmm. um, where a few months ago we were we were kind of looking and it going automatics are way off. Well, and and Vic. I mean, I've
1: got the stats here in front of me. Uh, May have stolen a few from you earlier in the chat, but 10 wins from 12, which is pretty unbelievable going. You look at the two games that we didn't win. That was a one or draw with Wickham where Joe Ward decided he didn't want us to win. And the 3-2 defeat against Peterborough, which was stupid and ridiculous in its own right. I mean, Burton was nearly the same. Nine wins from 12 doesn't quite have the same ring to it. How important was it that Derby managed to get the three points yesterday?
4: I think it's important for the momentum. I think because obviously we'd seen how the weekend had panned out with all the other fixtures, <clears throat> it gave us some, it gives us like a benchmark to sort of aim for. And I think with us, the win was huge because it's just put us in a position where not only is just second place available, but also top spot. Now we've heard Warren talk about wanting to win this league, and now it looks like a real possibility. Um, with the position we put ourselves in 10 minutes from 12 is no mean feat. We know that Paul Warren has. Uh, Ball one's teams tend to do well at this period. It just depends on what happens February onwards. Um, the, the the usual Derby, February it's curse not just comes. Ball yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, so like we know all that's yet to come, but while we're, while we're on this good run, let's enjoy it. Um, if we look back to October when we lost to Stevenage, we never thought we'd be in this position. So let's keep it going. It just also goes to show how poor the league actually is in terms of quality. So. Let's hope we can get out of this league as soon as possible. Uh, The win was massive and hopefully we can continue this
1: good run of form. Exactly. We've got a comment from Dennis Vessu saying, how many games have Derby won with Adam's tash? I think it's 10. I think it's 10 out of 12.
3: That'd be a stat I'm actually
1: interested (laughs) in. (laughs) (laughs) It is. It certainly is. Um, I mean, Adam, you know, you look at the game yesterday. Let's go all the way back to the start. Let's rewind. First off, I thought Burton were absolutely terrible. Uh, they barely touched the ball. And I thought Derby, actually, I don't think we were incredible, but we played well uh, and we controlled the game pretty easily. I mean, the goal, great flick on from John Jules, who we'll get onto in a little bit about him staying. Uh, uh, good ball across from Mendes Lang, easy tapping for Barca's, And you've got two players there, Mendes Lang and Barca's, and they're in top, top form going forwards at the minute. I mean, we've talked about getting players in and I really do hope we bring more reinforcements in. But how much of a boost is it to see our attacking players getting goals and assists when we need them most?
2: I think it's massive. I think we spent a long while talking about how Mendes Lang needed a rest because, you know, he looked looked like he needed one. And now he's got that, he's on on top form. And I think I for one definitely spoke about Bart Kaysen's purple patch form last season. And it seems almost like he's coming into that again this season, which is great to see. Although I do I do think Bart Kazan's finishing isn't the best, uh, if he's any you're more right than to. 20 yards from goal. <laughs> I have to say that. Um, <laughs> but there, you know, he's putting the ball in the back of the net and that's all that matters um, at the end of the day when getting the points. And when it's coming from two wingers, you're just looking now for the, the striker to score the goals. And James Collins is scoring at the minute as well. So it's a big boost for us that are from three is um, putting the ball in the back of the net at such a critical time when other teams are dropping points higher above us and that 10 wins in 12 is massive. And it's good to see that the goals are coming from all over the pitch. Because I think last season, you know, David McGoldrick was absolutely superb. But I think this season now there's there's more more of an onus on players scoring goals from all over the pitch rather than, you know, how many goals we scored through McGoldrick was singular last season. Now it's coming from multiple players.
1: I mean, it's interesting, Callum, because um, Adam talks about goals coming from all over the pitch. And the team that I look at with that is Plymouth last year. Now, obviously, they lost Morgan Whitaker in January, which, you know, was a huge problem for them. They didn't seem to have any issues uh, and they carried on and ended up going up. But they didn't really have an out and out, you know, David McGoldrick, uh, 25 goal a season striker. They just had goals coming from everywhere and were a really good team. I'm not saying we play the same way because we certainly don't. They're a bit more exciting than us and we're probably a bit more pragmatic than them. But can you see some similarities between teams that have gone up in recent years and this Derby team?
3: Yeah, well, more recently I have. Obviously, at the start of the season and midway through um, at the back end, you kind of look at it going, we weren't chipping in with goals left, right and centre. It's only over the last um, couple of months where we have done. uh, And I have seen uh, similarities, uh, as you said, I think. When you've got a lowness on one player or one or maybe two players, um, you, you're spelling trouble for yourselves because I think every player goes through a patch of uh, of bad form. And if you only are relying on one player like we were last year, there's only you're only one injury away or one moment of uh, bad form away from uh, derailing a season. And I think that the fact that we've managed to get... Two, three, four players at chipping in with goals, but chipping in with goals regularly uh, it means that you're uh, you're able to maintain challenges, maintain wins um, when maybe certain players are off it in certain games. I thought Mendes Lang was all right last night um, on the counter attack, but overall he was quite, he was nullified a little bit, um, and it meant that Barkays and Collins about to chip in elsewhere.
1: And that's interesting, isn't it, Vic? Because, I mean, it's weird. We've come out of it. We've scored three goals. We've scored a last-minute winner. I don't really think we played that well last night. I know, obviously, first half we looked decent and I thought we controlled the game, but I think Burton let us control the game. I thought they looked massively off it, especially first half. And then second half, Mendes Lang gets his pocket picked. Still don't know if it was a foul or not. And that sort of sends us into free fall and, and so many players look really shaky. We'll get onto individual players in a minute, but... You look at it and you think, we're not playing incredibly well, but we're still winning games. Is is that a good thing or, or are you a little bit worried that maybe, you know, if, if our best players aren't performing, we might struggle?
4: I'd like to say it's a good thing. I mean, champions are normally made of uh, teams that seem to find a way to win. And we seem to be doing that quite a lot this season it does worry me if one or two key players do get injured but like we said if we, if we can get january right and get the right players in get the recruitment spot on uh, hopefully get a bit more squad depth then we might be okay uh but like we said you've got to win ugly to get the points on the board and we've probably been winning ugly all season if i'm honest but you know it's, it's got us into this position where we are now we've got fifty, fifty-one, fifty-two 51 52 points point off top spot if it's working, we can't. We don't want to change that. So, um, yeah, no, it's it's interesting. But like I said, champions are made by winning ugly and finding ways to win. And luckily at Derby, we seem to be doing that at the minute.
1: Yeah, it is lucky. It is lucky. And I think there is a bit of an element of luck to it, to be honest. I think, you know, lucky Ricochet sort of falls down to Hurrahan, who uses his quality to score in the 93rd minute. If not, we've given away three points or two points for, for pretty much no reason and no pressure at all um so yeah i think there is a a little bit of an element of look to it but one thing i want to talk about adam and we've got a comment here from a who says do you think you can maintain a title fight if you lose bird in this window now i want to talk to you about the midfield um jamie who's often on this podcast is the biggest hater of derby's midfield of anyone i think i've ever met um and to be honest i understand why i think Hurrahan and bird are excellent players and i think a lot of the time the system doesn't quite work now interestingly uh last night i thought hurrahan i know he passed the ball out of play a few times but most of the time it's the callum elder who i'm not looking forward to talking about in about five minutes um i thought he controlled the game completely and i thought he played really well i mean he took his goal brilliantly he he was the link between that defense and that attack and bird was the same but defensively we look wide open again I mean, Adam, we played that weird 4-2-3-1 or 4-4-1-1 or whatever Paul Warren wants to call it. Do you think it suited us or did we look a little bit open?
2: I thought it's difficult because we've had this conversation about Horahan and Bird in the same team probably since Horahan walked through the door because of, I would say, how similar their attributes are and how you fit both of them into the team and they are both so good for us. Um, I think... I think yesterday I thought, yeah, we did look a little bit open. But you think when looking with both players in, you think we'd be a little bit better defensively um, with both them players in there, especially when I would say they're both more attributed to, to playing the ball out from the more deeper in midfield than than further forward. But it's difficult to see where I think, like I say, it goes back to the conversation. of we, We've all talked about how how getting Conor Horahan and Max Burton to the same team is so difficult. and we I think we're almost missing that attacking midfielder who can sit just in front of them. I think we are missing that at the moment. Um, we've either got a winger or a forward sitting in behind rather than a main attacking midfielder. I think that's what we all wanted Louis Sibley to be. But unfortunately, at I the minute, mean, it looks like it's one of them situations where... The no, backs. Louis Sibley. Yeah, he, pop, <laughs> he pops up with a goal once in a while, but it's ultimately where you you just know that probably moving on is best for his career as well as Derby County's career probably at the moment. It's one of them situations. Um, but I think we are missing that that key midfielder. I think it's difficult because defensively I look at Conor Horan and Max Bird and wonder why they both can't or one of them can't sit in front of that defence and it'd be a little bit tighter at the back and, and less chances going through. I thought first half, like you said, I thought we were brilliant. Um, I thought going forward I thought we were quite good. And um I don't really think Burton Avon had a chance at goal where I, I was worried. Um second half, obviously it changed. Um but I thought Conor Horahan did really well sitting in that deep position and, and so did Max Bird. But I think we're missing missing a key player and hopefully January will we'll bring that addition in.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, Callum, look at that midfield, Adam raised a point and I spent a little bit of time watching Bird and Horahan because I'm a boring man. Um, and I, I was just watching their positions, especially when we picked up the ball and... It's no surprise that we get hit on the break quite a lot, especially down the middle. When we pick up the ball, Bird will go left, Horahan will go right, or Horahan will go left and Bird will go right. And we end up having no one in the middle. Um, and Burton Albion's midfield was very rigid. They they stuck to their positions. And they stayed really central to try and hold that you know central area. And it just meant that every time Burton won the ball, there was an enormous gap down the middle. And we've done that a few times in recent games. And it's obviously a part of what War wants to do. He wants to play it. Do you think there's a possible sort of, it's a symptom of the way War wants to play that we look so exposed? Because there's been some games where Adam's mentioned, you know, you'd expect Bird and Hurrahan to sit in. And there's games when they have. And I think they've done it well. I can remember Hurrahan, You know, for a player who runs through sand every time he he tries to pick up some speed, he's putting some last-ditch blocks and and things like that. And he's not the sort of player you expect to be doing that. So when you look at it, do you think it's partly down to the system that we play? Or is it just the fact that the two of them can't play that central midfield position together?
3: I'm massively against us um, kind of putting the they can't play together factor. I think they're good enough players um, at a good enough level to be able to um, sit there and do um, a, a good enough job. I think the biggest thing for me is that when we play teams who are sitting and don't want to get broken down, they go then to assist the guy wider to players um, with link-up play, which means that they get drawn out. Um, Horahan goes left, Berg goes right which leaves you exposed down the middle. I think that when we play teams who are more coming at us, um, they are more rigid and they stick to central positions. So I don't know if it's the... Way Paul one wants to play, if it's just the teams that we're playing and they're having to get more involved um, to give the wide men a little bit of help. Um, I think that the way that Paul one wants to play with the central midfielders, they've got to be athletic. They've got to be box to box midfielders. Um, we, we know how he wants to play. It's all energy, um, and I think that maybe a couple of times they get too involved when they don't need to be because I think the wide players at the end of the day just you can leave Mendes Lang on his own. Just let him do his thing and let Wilson on his own do his thing. That I don't need Horahan out on the left trying to take on players. I need him down the middle because every single time last night, they just deflected a, a cross that came in, came out to the edge of the box and we had no one there. And they just hoofed it down the field. But we did have someone there in the 93rd minute, Callum. uh, Yeah, the one time we wanted him.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I agree. And we've got a couple of comments here. Uh, One about Adam's moustache, which is why if you're watching on video, you can see me and Adam both burst out (laughs) laughing. Um, But there's a couple of comments about using Liam Thompson in the middle. And I think it's an interesting point, Vic, because uh, as I said, we've sort of played John Jules in that attacking midfield role and, I know he's meant to be an attacker midfielder slash striker. I don't think he looked comfortable there, to be honest. I know it's just his first game in that position, but I don't think he looked comfortable there. Um, and obviously, defensively, he doesn't get involved at all. Whereas if you've got those three, you've got a sort of mix of everything. Would you like to see us change it and bring Thompson into the midfield? Or, you know, is it one of those where we want to keep playing more attacking players to to give Collins more of a chance to score goals?
4: I think it just depends on the opposition, really. I think if we're playing someone quite close to us in that top six top ten area, then I think we might have to sort of change the system a bit. Maybe that's where louis uh, that's where Thompson comes in um but other than that I, like you you're right about John Jules. I didn't think he looked comfortable yesterday, he admittedly he did get the flick on for the, I think it was the first goal mm. so it, that's what I mean so like I've always thought he's better off as a second striker or maybe playing as one of the wingers, but like I said, I think it just depends on the opposition. I think we're playing teams that are going to come at us. I think Thompson needs to start just because the energy is there. It'll match their midfield and hopefully we can get a grip in the midfield battle because we seem to be losing a lot of midfield battles this season. Um, but yeah, uh, I'd probably like to stick them in against the better opposition, against the lower teams like Burton's and uh, Fleetwood. It, it doesn't really matter in that sense because we can sort of play our way and just win the game. Whereas against the better sides, I think we'll need to change it up. So I think that's where Thompson's going to be, uh, sort of like our talisman in the midfield.
1: Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. And and there's some players that we really want to talk about and, and we all pick them out before recording. Um, you look at our, I guess, back five, back four and goalkeeper. I thought three of the four were exceptional. I thought Kane Wilson was brilliant again. Um, it was absolutely his sort of game, a team that sits off and he can run from those deep positions and cause loads of problems. But I thought Callum Elder and Josh Vickers had really, really poor games. I mean, Elder especially was, was terrible um, for the majority of the game. And, you know, it, it, you don't like to write off a player, but I think Callum Elder's really not impressed since he's come in, Adam. Um, I mean, he looked miles off it yesterday. He seemed pretty nervous every time he got the ball. And the mistake for Burton's second goal, which, you know, would have cost us two points if Hurahan didn't pop up at the end, was... was well, it was inexcusable, wasn't it? You look at, uh, I've watched it a few times and it looks like he just doesn't know what to do. Picks both options, which were both wrong and, and lets Hugo run through on goal for a one-on-one. I mean, Elder came in with a lot of fanfare, didn't he? Been at Hull for a long time. Uh, I thought he was a really good player at Hull. Every time I'd seen him play, I thought he looked really solid. Um, he's come to Derby and much like Joe Ward, he he looks like he's, he's never played football before, especially not at this level. What do you reckon? What are your thoughts?
2: Well, I've got a couple of players this season, I think, who've come in and looked shaky on the ball, when in the past maybe they've been a bit more composed. Is there, um, there <laughs> Who are you thinking of? You know uh, you where know, <laughs> this way we're going. Um, um, but no, Callum Elder, I, think, I don't think this is the first time he's been at fault for a goal, unfortunately. I think Fleetwood away. Gave the ball away and that's where Fleetwood's goal came in. Because if I'm right, I think the guy just whipped it straight in for a cross and it was nodded in. I think Callum Elder, I think he is trying hard, but I just think at the moment he's just looked so panicky on the ball. Um, Just seems to not be making the right decisions at the moment. He's been sort of drip fed games, I think, coming off the bench here and there, coming in think maybe it is a case of he'll come in and have one good game and that'll be it. He'll be flying and back to form. But you've got to question, when does that game come? Um, because we, at the moment, we've not seen him at his best at all. And I agree with you, Jay. I think, he looked, I think he looked good at Hull. I think he looked a very solid championship player, just someone that's Mr Reliable. And unfortunately, with Derby, it's just not happened at the moment. Um, when when does that one game come in where where we see the switch of him having a good game? I'm, I'm not too sure. Yes, we're getting further in the... The Bristol Street... Well, no, he have been knocked out of the Bristol Street. Mode. <laughs> I was going to say we could put him in games there. We can't put him in there anymore. Um, so ignore me on that one. But it's a case of... I mean, you'll you'll probably see Craig Forsyth come straight back in, I would say, for Elder, because at the moment his form's not good enough. And with Warren you know, dropping Wildsmith for not being at high performance levels, you do have to think when Craig Forsyth's back fit, surely Callum Elder won't be in that side with the way he's playing at the moment.
1: It must be hilarious being Craig for mustn't it? Because he's been <laughs> here 10 years. How many times have we brought in another left back to try and replace yeah. him? I mean, there's so I mean Marcus Olsen, there's one. Uh it works with Britt- Ashley Cole. Um, you know, Callum Elder was bought in. Um, you know, there's quite a few seasons where we've brought in left backs, and who do we always turn back to? Good old Craig for Scythe. He's always there, he's always reliable. But Caleb, I mean, one of the things that Adam touched on was, you know, he's been drip-fed games. And that is one thing that I think, I think he just looks low on confidence. He's been injured for a lot of the season. Um, I remember right at the start of the season, that Blackpool game, um, miscommunication between him and, ironically, Vickers led to him just diving, and edit it across goal for an open net. which um, <laughs> <actually>, I'd completely <laughs> forgot about until just now, uh, which is another funny one to add to the list. But, does he just strike you as a player that's low on confidence? Can he turn it around? And do you believe he can? And you can't say because his name's Callum. You can't use oh. that excuse anymore. We're too far in now. Yeah, <laughs> I've had sounds.
3: I have think I've worn that one out, haven't I? Um, no pun intended. But uh, when when I'm looking at Callum, uh, Callum Elder, I, I don't know if it's just the way, the style of play that we play. I think Hull um, seemed more passive. Probably had more time on the ball in the Championship. He didn't probably get told... You've got to get it forward at the first instance, or get it forward early. So you don't. Have to, so when he's thinking about getting the ball off uh, either cashing, um, or a midfielder, he's not going to look straight away and get it forwards. Um, he probably had a little bit more time. It just looks like he's every time you, as, as you two have said, he's panicking. He's getting it, and he's got. He's got to get it gone straight away up the line, or, 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 and he's looking that he's got two or three things going on in his mind or things that he wants to do. And by that time he's either lost the ball or it's gone out of play. He's touched it out. And and as I say, the, the prime example being being at the last man on the halfway line and you, uh, all you need to do is just get something on it, lump it out. I don't care. You're the last man. You don't need to do anything pretty and you pick all the wrong decisions and you fall over. So, I think that he is a player that is consistent. He's shown it in the championship in the division above. So there's no reason why he shouldn't be putting it in, uh, in League One. I think it's just um, he, he, at the moment, is void of confidence and it can't help when you've made a mistake like that. And you know it yourself as a professional when you've made a mistake like that and you get pulled off by your manager and and, and a midfielder in Louis Sibley comes on in your place and you're walking around the pitch on a cold Monday night's uh, Kind of not having any fans uh, kind of giving you that reception or anything like that. So it's not going to help him from what happened last night. And I think we've either got to stick with him and, and give him a shot again or, you know, he gets iced out and, and gets brought back in. Like- Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get
0: health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
1: Play you sound like you're talking about like a racehorse who's had a few bad races. <laughs> yeah, we can keep giving him a chance, but <laughs> if he doesn't pick it up, <laughs> you, you know what's coming next. Um, but I mean, it's interesting you talk about that because we look at players that have come in and their mistakes. I mean, we've got four players that I think have come in and made pretty horrendous mistakes leading to goals. You've obviously got out uh, of mate, Sonny Bradley, you've got Callum Elder, you've got Joe Ward, but the other one is Curtis Nelson and first game of the season, you know, he completely messes up, gives a goal away and he turned it around and, and he switched it up. Whereas the other three, I don't think have turned it around at all. I think all three of them have sort of gone back into their shell a little bit. I think we just need more from them. And I just hope that people keep backing them. Um, I know obviously we're criticising them here, but we're not fully writing them off and you'll still back them when they're playing. Um, But it's just difficult, isn't it? I mean, Vic, another player. And I've come to you because, again, last week we had this conversation. We were talking about you've got a beard, he's got a beard. You know, you've got so much in common. But your distribution's far better than his, it's Josh Vickers. <laughs> um, and, I, again, Wildsmith was dropped after a few dodgy games. And it makes sense. You've got Vickers, who's a, a more than capable League One goalkeeper. And yesterday he just looked, he just looked wobbly. I mean, balls were coming into the box. Um, You know, uh, someone called him Bearded Roos, which did make me laugh, but also feel a bit of sympathy at the same time. Um, And he was just flapping at every cross, punching it away. He didn't look comfortable with the ball at his feet. I hope it's a one-off. And I hope if he does play against Lincoln that he can, you know, turn it back around, get his composure back a little bit. But at the same time, you, you know, Vic, you've got to, you look at a goalkeeper and you're like, you've come in for a keeper that's been good for a year and a half. He's got to step up, hasn't he?
4: Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I'd put it down to just being a run of games. Maybe he needs a run of games to sort of shake off any cobwebs. However, if I was Wildsmith right now, I'd be looking at these performances and thinking, right, I've got a chance to get back into this side. Let's work hard in training and try and win that shirt back. Vickers is obviously a good keeper. His record shows that at this level. Um, For me, I just think he maybe needs two or three more games. And if he's still shaky, if he's still not form into the way we need him to, then by all means bring Wildsmith back in. Um, but yeah, I'm just putting it down to maybe it's just confidence. And I think like even referring back to Joe Ward and Callum Elder, they're all confidence players. The reason why Curtis Nelson bounced back from his mistake was because he's got that mentality. He's a strong-minded player who can overcome any adversity, whereas the other lads need a bit of a, a pat on the back and need a, an arm around the shoulder. Uh, and maybe Vickers is the same. I mean, it's quite difficult to come in mid-season as well. Uh, obviously, bearing in mind that we're in the we're in the mix, it's quite difficult to change keepers mid-season. Uh, but you'd also expect someone of that quality to just walk straight into the side and be good. So if I was Wildsmith, I'd be rubbing my hands. Um, but hopefully Vickers can improve his form because I quite like him as a keeper.
1: Just about got there, Vic. Um, (laughs) I think you lagged halfway through every sentence then, but we got it. We got it. I I agree. And obviously he's not had the easiest time in his personal life either. I just hope that, yeah, he's been brought into the team in quite a high pressure environment, a difficult part of the season. So let's hope he can pick himself up and uh, not be the bearded roost. No one wants that. Nobody wants that. You don't want that tag. Um, we've got a, a comment from Mike Elbeer that's quite interesting. He's put have to remember Ward and Elder were brought in to play wing back.
3: Mm. Uh,
1: it's interesting. I mean, Elder's played as a fullback for the majority of his career. Uh, oh, Vic's gone by. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Elder's played as a fullback for the majority of his career. Um, and I mean Kane Wilson's adapted quite well as well to playing just as a right back. So um yeah, it's it's an interesting one, but we'll see. We'll see, won't we? We will oh, see. Um, hello, Vic. You're back. You enjoy your, your trip Must away? You join us. Yeah, yeah.
4: Yeah, no, I had to change my um, route. I turned my wifi and this should be better than <laughs> <laughs> home.
1: Good stuff. Good stuff. I mean, one of the things we need to talk about, and I think it's important to stress, we're not being negative here. We're just looking at the bits that aren't necessarily as good. I think, you know, the run of formula is incredible um, to be in the position we're in. We're one point off top with a game in hand. Now, that is some position to be in, considering where we were in, in September time. But there are things to improve on and that's why we're here. That's why we have these conversations. We want to hear your thoughts as well. So keep letting us know in the comments. It's been interesting to read it. Um, Adam, one of the questions I've got for you is is to do with Derby overall. And we saw it at Peterborough. Uh, we saw it against Burton. we We'd take the lead and then there'd always be a moment of real complacency and we'd give a silly goal away. Um, We did it in an away game recently. I can't remember. Was it Fleetwood recently? Where again, we switched off and gave a really silly goal away. Are we getting a little bit overconfident? Are we getting a little bit complacent? Um, Is it, you know, are we switching off? Is it a mental thing? What do you think it's down to that we keep giving goals away from winning positions?
2: I think I think it's something that we've done since since Paul has been in at Derby County. I feel like I know I've got a couple of friends who who've said the same thing here. You know, like Derby, once we go, I think especially away from home, once we take the lead, it's let's sit back and try and try and sit on this for as long as we can before the next goal comes. And, and more often than not, it, it comes back to bite us in the fact that you know Fleetwood got their goal from a bit of complacency in a game where we we should have been winning comfortably by the time by the time Fleetwood got any sort of sort of chance and then it's just that idea of sitting back and defending when we're in a winning position when I feel like we've got a good enough team to go and get more goals I think and you know we've seen that recently Burton Albion was just complacency yes you can argue was it a foul or not but scores the goal and I think I think it's something that's been a part of Paul One's team since he's come into Derby I think more recently we've seen more goals come from it but also we're scoring more goals than what we used to um I think under Paul Warren at the moment. So I think I think it's just the nature of the way we're playing. You know, we are outscoring teams at the minute, even if at the back we have been a little bit complacent. And, you know, I think a couple of fans would agree we're not we're not playing our best football at the minute. We're not in our, you know, our best gear of football. And I think we've we're still yet to, to see that come later on the season. You know, I think we've seen some really good wins away from home. And at home so far this season, you know, and we've stepped it up a level. I didn't think we needed to step it up a level against Burton Albion. I didn't think we needed to step it up a level against uh, Fleetwood. Um, so it's understandable that a couple of goals have come from complacency. It's just a factor that we have to consider when it's when it's Paul Warren's t- style of play at the moment, but we are scoring more goals as well.
1: You sounded like one of them then, Adam. You know, mm. the ones that are like, we're still in second gear, waiting to see us <laughs> in third gear. Um, well, I hope that's true. That'd be nice, wouldn't it, if, uh, if it was true. But, uh, Caleb, I mean, just to sort of, build on that point you know we we do seem to sit back when we score and I get it right I get it you want to consolidate you don't want to take too many risks but sometimes you think we've talked about the handbrake more than enough times on this on this podcast but you look at it and you think you know that Burton game especially when we conceded that goal we should really have gone for it because this every time we went for it Burton had nothing they had no reply we had them penned in um, and, you know, it, it completely killed them. But the second we sat off and, and let them have the ball and let them keep the ball, all of a sudden the pressure was on us, and that's where their second goal came from. Um, and, yeah, I, I guess same question to you, mate. What are your thoughts, and, and how can we
3: improve it? Well, listening to Warren after the game, he it's not something they're obviously coaching, because he said the middle part of the game when we went to Nilupi, he, he hated. He said, like, why are we standing off them why we we, this is the moment when we should be on the ball taking the game away from them and then inviting them out and then catching them when they've obviously tried to tried to press us Um, so it's not obviously a coaching thing obviously to what he says it's it's player management on the pitch. And I don't know if it's just like you said, you're it up, you're kind of coasting. If they got the ball, oh, as long as it's in there, half, they're all right. But then as soon as they catch you, like they did for their opening goal, I mean, you can't let a left back run from the halfway line and stick it in the net. It's just, that's just bad defending end of. Um, so. I think that when we're going forward, I, I don't know if it's a mentality issue with the squads. It's been hinted at with a couple of player interviews and a couple of warn interviews that it's not really something that he says. He said, I can't coach that. It's just down to the mentality of the team. And it, it, is that worrying to hear when you're going for a title a little bit, but or when you're going for a top two? But when you're maybe at this point, your t- 10 wins out of 12, should we really be like, we at the moment we're trying to outscore teams. That's the way it seems. Um, rather than trying to see out uh, see out games or going for the jugular, as, as the old uh, cliche goes, when you you're two nil you're going for you go for the third and you go for the fourth.
1: Yeah, I, I I don't know. I don't know. It's a difficult one because I thought we scored three goals yesterday, and I don't think we really went for it at any point. I can't remember any no. many parts of the game where we were sort of battering down the door. We just kind of kept the ball and didn't let them touch it and let the likes of Mason Bennett, you know, sprint around and try and catch up. How poor was he, by the way? <laughs> he was rubbish. Would um, you, I, if no... you had
3: 25,000 Bane oh, for
1: blood? I have never seen a player run off the pitch faster than when he got subbed off. He, he yeah. sprinted. I thought he was
3: going to go down the tunnel, but he went and hid. I, uh... <laughs> I did like his overhead kick attempt though. If that went in, I think there would have been 25,000 people on that pitch. Cause uh... I, i was waiting for that celebration
1: yeah i mean the only thing better than that was uh curtis nelson flattening him um in the <laughs> yeah. first half. Oh, that was brilliant i'll have to try and find a clip of that and, and put it on twitter because yeah it <laughs> made me laugh quite it's right in front of me as well <laughs> it was good he uh yeah definitely got what he deserved there um definitely still loved dear Mason Bennett, as you can tell. Mm. Um, and, and one more thing that I guess we really need to talk about is incomings. Uh, Paul Warren said after the game, he's going to watch a player today. Uh, I don't know which one of you it might be new Vic in the chat saying that, um, Callum Lang, he might've been watching Callum Lang. I think Wigan played today. Um, He's an interesting one. We've got other names. We've got Corey Blackett-Taylor, who's a name that won't go away. Um, No, we were after him in the summer, so it makes sense. Michael Smith, another one we were after in the summer, hasn't featured a lot for Chef Wednesday, scored a few goals, uh, scores bucket loads in League One whenever he's here. Uh, Charlie Savage, which is one that Paul Warner said isn't true. Um, Robbie Savage disagrees. Um, Robbie Savage is obviously a very reliable guy, uh, as we all know, so I'm sure he wouldn't lie. Uh, And then you've also got John Jules, who it seems is done. Uh, and we're going to have until the end of the season and potentially sign him on a free. I mean, there's a lot of names there. Um, pretty much all of them attackers, which is always fun. Uh, Vic, I mean, looking
4: at those names, which one excites you the most? I think just just for his pure pace, I think Corey blackett Taylor. I think if you've got him and... Mendes Lang on the wings, and then you've obviously got Barcaz and could to push further forward or as a backup winger. You've got some serious pace there. Wilson and Ward. And That's what I mean. You've got we some dangerous more. attacking talent there. Um, <laughs> so they all excite me. I mean, I'm glad John Jules is sticking around. Um, he's starting to sort of look good. He's played 85 minutes yesterday, which was nice to see. So he's getting that match fitness back, and I think it'll be quite important. I think he'll score some important goals come end of the season. But Corey Blackett Taylor looks really exciting. Charlie Savage is an unknown entity. Um, I've looked at what he was like at United, and they rated him pretty highly up until he did leave. Um, so there, you never know with him. Um, could that be a replacement for Max Bird? Maybe you never know. Uh, but yeah, I think Corey Blackett Taylor is the one that excites me. Uh, Callum Lang's not bad either. That's why I mentioned him in the chat earlier. So um, <laughs> if he is looking at him, I think does, where does he play? Is it midfield or winger? again? It's a winger, winger um, or so winger striker. I don't so, think he's so,
3: actually playing tonight, unfortunately. He's, he's,
1: nope. he's because he's done, at more I mean. 5, yeah! Yes. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> get him in!
4: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, it's nice to see us linked with some really good attacking talent. Hopefully we can get a couple of them in and uh, push this promotion charge all the way up. Let's
1: hope so. And the and Godfather in the chat's come up with an interesting one. He said, oh, we're Moxon from Carlisle. Now, I remember I did the Carlisle preview on here. And they were raving about Owen Moxon. Uh, and I thought, even though we played Carlisle off the park on the day, he was the one player that impressed me. He's a central midfielder. And would we'll probably play that midfield role that we really, really need, um, you know, linking up the, the, the defence and attack and also providing a physical presence too. So, yeah, that's a good shout. And, yeah, I hope Paul Warren's watching him too. Um, I mean, signings-wise, Adam... <laughs> You know, we, we've looked at a lot of strikers. Obviously, we have 3,000 right backs, but only one's allowed to be fit at once. Um, you know, we're missing a left back. Fozzie might be out for a long period of time. It was a long, unspecified period, which I thought was a strange comment. Is he uh, just trying to make people think that he's out for a long time or or is he actually out? Um, you've also got potential outgoings. I mean, Max Bird goes on a free at the end of the season. We seem to talk about this every week. If he went, would you want us to bring in the likes of Charlie Savage or, you know, Owen Moxon or any midfielder to sort of fill that gap?
2: Yeah, I think I think something I have to bear in mind is so many Derby County fans have also said, why can't we look at players from lower down in divisions, which so many League One clubs have done? League one clubs have specifically looked towards the the conference or League Two, specifically Stevenage. Um, who have looked at you know many players in League Two to bring with them to League One who are performing now at quite a good level. So I think looking at players around us and also you know no disrespect to Carlisle, a team which is struggling at the minute in League One, um, I think is a good idea. You know the fees aren't going to be as high as what we'd be doing if we were looking at a player maybe in the Championship, and also the wages aren't going to be anywhere near what the players in the Championship are coming are coming from onto. Um, so I think it is a good idea. I think Max Bird. I think everybody knows he's going to be going in the summer, don't they? I think it will take a lot to convince him to stay. And also, he deserves a chance at playing in the Championship again. Because let's, let's be real, we're not, not nailed on to go up this season at all. Um, so, you know, he, he does deserve a shot at playing in the Championship. And me, I like the sound of Charlie Savage. Um, obviously, Robbie Savage's kid. Um, I was a big Robbie Savage fan. As a child, had his That's number on the back actually, of my shirt.
4: Yeah. I, um, <laughs> I
2: used to wait outside trying to get a photo with him. Um, still wow. not managed it yet. Um, so, no, I definitely like the sound of that. And I know he, he has had a lot of potential. I think I think Reading is a very difficult place to play at the minute mm. um, for any player in the position that they're in off the pitch. Um and I wouldn't be surprised if we had been interested in him. And he was also not too bad at Forest Green when he went on loan from United there. And obviously, he's gone looking for first-team football now. So I think I think we will bring in a midfielder. Like you said, Moxon was linked with us from Carlisle, who, who is a talented player for a team that is struggling at the moment. Um, but yeah, I think a midfielder is someone we need to look at now who can come in and play first-team games regularly, whether that be Liam Thompson or somebody comes in externally because I think Max Bird will be leaving come the summer. Or he could leave this January. Who knows?
1: It's a mystery. Um, mystery. Another mystery, Callum. Corey Smith, we've got a comment from Alex. who says, Corey Smith, in or out? I only want a short answer here. Out. Cool. Right, Vic. um, (laughs) (laughs) No, I I agree, mate. I agree. Um, I mean, we need another central midfielder, don't we, if if Bird goes?
3: Yeah, I think... uh, uh, just sorry, very quickly. I just wanted to say um, all the kit launch videos and everything on the billboards will be absolutely knackered if he goes because he's on every single one of them. <laughs> no,
4: I go, sorry, do you want to go in? The air, yeah, yeah. Um, just <laughs> <All> even, <laughs> yeah, so even talking about like uh, midfielders and like Adam mentioned about looking in the lower leagues, I think we might have mentioned this on the pod already or in our private chat. Dan Kemp, uh, M- I think he's at MK Duns, but was on loan at Swindon. Um, I think he was like the fifth or sixth top goalscorer in league too, as a midfielder and assist as well. Might be worth looking at him. But yeah, I think midfield's gonna be a priority, especially if we do lose Bird. And you know, no, Sibley might end up going as well. Not that there's any takers for him, but I think just for the betterment of his own career, he's better off moving elsewhere. Uh yeah, so I'd I'd take a look lower leagues, so I agree with Adam. And Dan Kemp is a, a name that sparked uh well, struck for me. So mm, let's have a look okay. there.
1: So you reckon we should let our first choice left-back leave, Vic? Come on. <laughs>
4: <laughs> let, him, let him go. Let him, we, we, we struggle. We've got four sides forever. It's fine.
3: I'm hearing uh, Adam Titley can put in a decent cross.
4: <laughs> Maybe so.
3: Can't defend, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: that's,
1: a, that's where the problems are oh, I'm joking. There's I'm a chance joking. for me, yet, then. yeah, then. <laughs> <laughs> uh jim johnson's but as long as charlie waves a scarf towards the trent end, he can come um which mm. to some of the younger listeners that's a reference to robbie savage after we beat them and he went running in front of the trent end at, uh, at the city Ground. Uh, the council owns city grounds the points deduction city grounds uh twirling a, yeah. a scarf around which was uh which was very funny right mm. that's that's enough of that that's enough of that um you can tell this is a weekday night, can't you? Because we're all shattering. <laughs> yeah, <I'm going>, yeah. <laughs> the energy is so low today. Um, Lincoln, right, what are we thinking? Uh, you're going as well, aren't you, Adam? Are you going, yeah. yeah, I'm going. Vic's going. What about you, Callum? Are you, are you going to Lincoln away?
3: I'm working. I have to work. Oh, here we
1: go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I
3: work weekends.
1: Yeah. 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 Probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Adam, what do you reckon? Score prediction, goal scorers? Uh, let us know in the comments as well what you think.
2: I'll go with a 2-1 win. Um, I think we'll go in front and then be pegged back by an equaliser, I think. James Collins will score the opener for us. Maybe a classic cross in the box, and then Not maybe that. Uh, maybe no, 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 no. Maybe a cross into the box. Our second favorite way of scoring, and then maybe um, <laughs> and then maybe a, a John Jules winner. Um, I think he's due another goal now in his regular starts.
3: Gal, one 0 win, and I will keep uh, Collins on his uh, train going uh, towards the top goal scorer of the league.
1: He's got a lot of work to do. Yes, uh, Big,
4: yeah, yeah. <laughs> what about you? I'm going to be the pessimist now. I'm going for a 1 1 draw. I think we always struggle at yeah. Cinco so Bank. We always struggle there. They're a good side. They're a good football inside. So I'll go for a 1 1 draw. Let's go with the John Jules goal. Now, a win would probably take us top
1: if Peterborough don't win. And I'd quite like that, actually, like quite a lot. Um, so I I think that it's going to be a 1 0. I think it's going to be Port Vale esque um i think we'll, we'll dominate early on uh they'll dominate later on and then we'll grab one right near the end i think it'll be an unlikely goal score. it's gonna be a weird one it's gonna be one you don't expect like a liam thompson in header or something like that although we've pretty much already seen one of those yeah, one. um so yeah i'll go i'll go one nil thompson header uh, and then in the comments we've got jim johnson who says two one win collo and then nml I almost said (laughs) Enemel Thaniel. Yeah, Nathaniel Mendes-Lang. And then Godfather says a 5-1 win, which would be brilliant. Um, So, yeah, thank you very much for listening. Uh, Before we do our goodbyes or say our goodbyes, um we've teamed up with fanatics aka kit bag um to basically help you guys get deals on, on derby shirts and that sort of stuff uh if you look in our bio there's a link and if you click that link you'll be taken to the site and you can get derby shirts for like 35 off which is class and we'll keep doing offers uh, when they get sent to us and and try and save you guys some money on new shirts and stuff like that so yeah check out the link in in the description of, of both the video and the audio um, if you fancy getting yourself a, a new shirt or something but right thank you so much for listening uh if you did enjoy hit the subscribe button hit the like button rate is five so you know the drill by now um so yeah see you on sunday uh hope you have a great week goodbye from me
2: goodbye from me
1: goodbye from me and goodbye from me thank you very much everyone see you later